Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Happy New Year! I can't believe it's 2020. Those of you who are old enough like me to remember when we went from 1999 to 2000 and all the craziness and Y2K and all the panic, (laughs) it's kind of hard to believe that, first of all, we kind of lived through that and it was all for nothing, but that it's been 20 years since then. It's crazy. So again, Happy New Year to you. And I have a great feeling about our year ahead, and I'm optimistic about the growth of LitCentric.com and LitCentric Radio. And you've all played a big part in our growth so far, and I thank you for sharing the show with your friends and your colleagues and for your continued interest in our products and resources at LitCentric.com. I am here to serve you, and LitCentric is here to serve you. So again, I thank you. I know many teachers out there have kind of their heads swirling about their thoughts around returning to the classroom after winter break, because for many of us, at least here in the United States, we've had uh, some time off uh, for our winter breaks and are coming back to the new school year, or at least the new year that continued the school year. And uh, for many of us, that's this morning heading back to school in January. And uh, if you're like me, I like to think about how am I going to set the right tone for the remainder of the school year and really set the right intentions with my students so we can continue to have a positive and productive remainder of the year. And with that in mind, I've got just the right text for you today. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at tiny moments and figurative language with the text, The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson. And I know there's a lot of uh, Woodson fans out there, and the day you begin will not disappoint. I know many teachers like to use this text even at the beginning of the school year, again, kind of to set the tone. Uh, I think this one could be really fabulous, though, um, at a midway point, whether it's coming back to school from a break or even, you know, when you kind of need to regroup with your students and kind of get your writing climate back in check. Uh, this can be a great text to use with that. And the lesson that we're going to do with it, the, the writing task and activity, is also very engaging and gets kids kind of in the right creative mindset. Now, the reason I like The Day You Begin is that it's an inspiring, feel-good kind of book, but it's also grounded in the lived experiences of our students, and it really honors the different experience and perspectives of the students in our classroom, and it does that in a pretty overt way in the text, which is something I really like about it. And I like to use it for addressing that classroom climate that's so critical for literacy growth, whether, like I said, it's the beginning of the year when we're trying to build community and maybe establish expectations, but also mid-year after the break or to kind of help us reconnect and reframe our work and really regroup as we gear up for the rest of the year. So I'm excited to share that text with you today. Another thing I'm really excited about is Litcentric's latest teacher resource. It's called the Early Lit Kit. Now, the Early Lit Kit is full of specific assessments that will help provide you information on foundational reading skills like phonological awareness, uh, specific phonemes students need to know, letters and sounds, and high-frequency words. And it's really all the pieces of foundational reading that complement running records and help us monitor reading growth. The Early Lit Kit is perfect for the K2 classroom teacher and for intervention purposes, whether you're a reading specialist or maybe you work in response to intervention or multi-tiered systems of support. And the information you gather from the Early Lit Kit can help you not only monitor growth, but even determine 
kind of that entrance and exit criteria, who really qualifies for services and who really needs to be exited out. And that's, that's really important information and important benchmarks that you need to know. And the Early Lit Kit has that information available for you, like I said, in grades K2, based on the Common Core State Standards. It's really about as straightforward as you can get when it comes to a one-on-one -on -one reading assessment. It's really efficient. And not only do I show you how to do the assessments in the most efficient, engaging way, but I also give you information about how to actually analyze the results that you get and how to use that to monitor progress. Most assessment kits and assessments that I know districts hand out to teachers, they don't often talk about the analysis portion and how to actually use that to influence um, and drive the instruction which is the whole point of doing the assessment, right? It's not just about what the kid knows or doesn't know, but it needs to inform you about what to do next. And that information is definitely available in the Early Lit Kit. So you can find the Early Lit Kit in the shop tab at litcentric.com. If you click on that shop tab, it takes you to the Litcentric store, and there's a products link in there where you will find the Early Lit Kit. So get your kit today. All right, let's take a look at today's text, the day you begin. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you. Maybe it will be your skin, your clothes, or the curl of your hair. There will be times when no one understands the way words curl from your mouth, the beautiful language of the country you left behind. My name is Rigoberto. We just moved here from Venezuela. And because they don't understand, the classroom will fill with laughter until the teacher quiets everyone. That's such a touching story, the day you begin. I love it. And if you haven't actually seen it before, you're definitely going to want to take a look at Litcentric.com in uh, the Listen tab for Season 3. I've got a link to each text there. You should really take a look at the beautiful illustrations. They are just lovely. And we're going to use those in part as inspiration for our writing task today. So for today's bridge chart, we're going to work to create uh, some descriptive and figurative language based on a tiny moment that we've experienced in our lives. And this bridge chart is I'm going to kind of follow a protocol or kind of a sequence of tasks here to get us to the final simile or metaphor sentence that we want students to write. And it's going to be important that we provide really concrete examples through this process. I think the examples are actually carrying kind of the cognitive load here versus the description of the actual protocol we're going to follow. So uh, the basic sequence of events here that we're going to walk students through First, we want them to recall an event that actually happened in their life. Could be something that was recent, something that was long ago. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think the best examples, though, are the ones where you can show students maybe kind of an everyday or a mundane kind of a moment instead of, you know, oh, the one time where you got to go and see the Eiffel Tower in France. Because for most of my students, they haven't seen that in their young lives yet. Even, um, and some of them, you know, may not see that in their life. I've actually never even seen that before. A lot of adults haven't been to Paris before. So um, events like that are not the most accessible. And uh, they also are so extremely special that I think it's a better use of our time to focus on things that maybe are the day to day that we experience all the time so that students see there's writing opportunities, even in you know, kind of everyday kind of things that we're doing, because that's really where most writers are getting their inspiration. So we're going to recall an event. 
And then we're going to choose a moment or maybe a thought that we had during that event. So we're going to go from that broad, big event, not describing the whole thing, but thinking through a little bit, what's one particular thing we can recall that we thought was special or noteworthy or something that we're remembering. From there, I'm going to kind of take that moment or that particular thought, and I'm going to describe it. And I want to describe it in three different ways. And um, I'm going to think about all the things that it made me think about. And uh, through those little descriptions, you can have students do complete sentences. I often just do little phrases just to kind of jog my memory and get my thinking going. From there, I'm going to choose one of those little descriptions to write a, a figurative language sentence about them, either a simile or a metaphor in this case. Now, for my students, uh, some of them, you know, depending on when I do this lesson, I may have already talked to them about similes and metaphors. And if I've done that, I can refer to the lessons we've had in the past, maybe previous um, bridge charts that we've done or other anchor charts that we made. Um, and, you know, kind of just go from there. But if, if I haven't introduced that yet, if you haven't introduced that yet, you're definitely going to want to talk to students about what are similes, what are metaphors. You may want to choose just one to focus on in this particular setting. I think similes are easier to start with. Um, and they also, I think, are more straightforward in the sense that you can show them specific sentence frames to use. Um, you know, words like, as, you know, those kind of things. I think it's easier for kids sometimes to start there. So if, if that's something you need to do and practice or introduce with your students, make sure you do that. So there we go. We've got recall an event, choose a moment or a thought from that uh, particular event, describe it in three different ways, kind of break apart um, different components of that moment or thought, and then choose one of those to write um, in a descriptive way using figurative language. So again, the example we use is going to be really important because we want it to be as concrete as possible and show students really, you know, what we're talking about, what we're asking them to do. So the example that I could use in this case is from um, a roller skating experience my daughter and I had uh, over this recent winter break. Now, we have a really small town and uh, we don't live very close to a roller skating rink. We have to drive at least 45 minutes to get to a roller skating rink. And um, it's, so it's very exciting for kids um, to actually get to go to the real roller rink. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed a lot of kids nowadays don't roller skate as much as, as we did when we were kids. And so it's a really kind of exciting experience and it's kind of a fun experience to watch them try to navigate roller skates for the first time or, or maybe the first few times. So uh, in our town, we have this little roller rink that's a portable one that our city uh, sponsors um, over the winter break. And they kind of decorate it like this little winter wonderland and it's outdoors and there's lights and music and hot cocoa for sale. And it's just a really fun, um, you know, little experience for those of us who don't have uh, snow and ice to deal with. We have a little outdoor roller rink that we get to get to use. So that's an accessible experience that a lot of my students would have had opportunities to at least see or hear about or go online and look at it. And some of them maybe were lucky enough to get to go. And from that experience, I'm going to choose a particular moment or a thought that I had while I was experiencing that or observing that. And so my daughter, Natalie, is a first grader, and she uh, was working really, really hard to stay upright around that rink. She has a little bit of roller skating experience, but not a lot. And so she, I just noticed how hard she was working and how much she really wasn't giving up. Every time she'd fall, she'd get right back up and try again. And um, she wasn't hanging onto the edge and she was skating through the middle and doing all these good things. And I was really proud of her. So from that particular thought or moment about, you know, her working so hard, not giving up, 
I'm going to describe three specific things um, about that particular um, observation that I made. One of them is that her arms and legs were just kind of going everywhere, which was really adorable. And I noticed some other students uh, from our town, one actually from her class who happened to be there at the same time, and he had the same arms and legs going everywhere kind of situation. It was really cute. Um, another situation that happened one time when she fell, uh, one of the older girls skated by and asked her if she was okay and offered to help her up, which I thought was really nice. Um, and then also just the experience of kind of the sparkly lights and the disco ball, you know, and the music going around. Those were all things that kind of were happening simultaneously as I was noticing how hard she was working. So from there, I'm going to take those basic little descriptions or thoughts and choose one of them to write in a descriptive way. So I think I'll go with the arms and legs going everywhere. And a thought that I had, um, I could write a simile like, Natalie's arms and legs were uh, flailing about like an octopus roller skating for the first time, which really probably was a pretty good description of a lot of the kids out there on the roller rink at the time. So following through that process, it's not a very difficult process, but we do have to have really good, again, concrete examples to show students what we're thinking, what it looks like, and really do the think aloud really deeply with them to demonstrate how this process looks and actually how accessible it can be. From there with the writing task, I want students to work really hard and make that the best sentence they can. And while they're, they're describing that sentence, I want them to think through what that illustration could look like. Because not only do I want students to write the best descriptive uh, sentence they can with figurative language, I'm also going to ask them to do a beautiful illustration that goes with it. And um, the day you begin, the illustrations are so lovely and the colors are so vibrant. It makes me think that a good um, art project to do with this is to um, explore maybe doing a background of beautiful watercolors, really kind of flooding a big paper full of color, filling up the whole space. And then um, maybe on top of that, drawing with... Um, maybe with some Sharpie um, and also some oil pastels could be really beautiful. And the colors would just be those jewel tones, really rich um, and stand out in a way that I think could be really beautiful. And if you actually use Sharpie to then write, you know, their sentence that they wrote um, actually on the beautiful illustration, I think it could be a really lovely writing task, a lovely project and uh, something that I think would engage students right away coming back from a break and rebuilding that community that we want uh, to carry through for the rest of our school year. So I hope that you have a wonderful time getting back into the swing of things with your class and with your students, and that you have a very productive January and that you have a really awesome remainder of 2020. Again, I can hardly believe that's where we are. We will see you next week with a whole new text and have a great day at school.